listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from NCBA's DC office. We're here today with a very special edition of Beltway Beef. Joining us, Senator Deb Fisher from the great state of Nebraska, not only a fantastic member of the US Senate, but also a cattle producer. Senator, thank you. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Ethan. It is really, really great to be here with you today. Now, obviously, there is uh, no shortage of, of stuff to talk about going on in Washington right now. The 117th Congress is, is off to a start. Uh, this week is going to be consumed, um, obviously, with old business, working on this, this latest impeachment and, and kind of trying to clear some of that stuff off the decks. But, you know, there's already been a lot of discussion about agriculture. There's been a lot of discussion about uh, cattle industry issues. Uh, on Capitol Hill in the few short weeks that, that Congress has been in session. I'm curious just to hear your thoughts on, on how things are going as the dust settles and people get to work. Uh, what are your thoughts on the new Congress, some of the new committee makeups and, and uh, chances for agriculture in the, in the new Washington that we're all dealing with now? Right, um, well, I'm, I'm really, really fortunate to be on the same committees um, that I've that I've had before. I've been on Armed Services and Commerce Committee since I was first elected. I was able to move over to Ag Committee when my my colleague left that committee. So uh, I thank my conference for letting me uh, get in there so that Nebraska would have a seat at the table, especially when we were working on the Farm Bill. So I continue to enjoy being on a on a committee that. Uh, has such a huge impact on my state's economy. Um, what do I think's going on in Congress right now? Boy, I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, it's a 50-50 Senate. We have um, a majority now uh, that the Democrats have in the Senate because of uh, Vice President Harris being able to break a tie. Uh, what that means in, in the setup is that Democrats will chair the committee, uh, but we have equal membership on the committees. Um, it's it's um, a strange situation, uh, obviously, when you move into a, a new administration and you have the presidency, the Senate, and the House all of one party. Um, I don't care who's in the majority at that time, a lot of mischief can happen. I think one of the strengths of the Senate is, is that we have to come together and we have to uh, work together to get that 60 votes. I am very concerned about um, losing that uh, with uh, some of my colleagues on the other side of the aisle, uh, the Democrats are talking about busting up the filibuster. Um, we're looking at going through a, a reconciliation uh, probably in a couple weeks on the COVID bill. Now, what that means is um, it can, it can um, um, be as broad as probably the Democrats would want it to be if they break the bird rule. You know, that's getting in the weeds here in Washington, but in effect, it breaks, it breaks the filibuster through a back door. Um, and I think that's what they will do. I'm pretty negative on uh, the outlook there. And, and then we're gonna see like a, a $15 minimum wage. Uh, we're going to see a, a broad scope of things coming our way, whether it's with uh, getting rid of the tax reform that took place, um, being able to uh, also um, move into some climate change issues 
that would be very uh, upsetting for people in agriculture and the direction I think they're headed. So it's, um, it's always exciting to start a new Congress, but in this case, I'm just kind of leery. This is new ground that we're breaking in many cases, and I, um, I worry what the final result may be. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, and I'm 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 not going to use any names individually because I don't want to put you in the spot with your on a spot with your colleagues. But a lot has been discussed about the moderates in the Senate, and you know the potential for some of those moderates to cross the aisle on on different votes, and how that's going to really empower a few members of the U.S. Senate uh, to to be you know real deal makers. And to your point about the Senate being a place where you know you really have to come together to get things done. Has that been overblown or is that really still kind of where we are, where there are a few key members that are toward the middle that are going to really hold a lot of power in this in this Senate? I think the way the press talks about it, it's um, it's overblown. And and we're going to learn that when we get to this reconciliation process, we'll see if um, if there are moderates in the Democrat Party who are willing to uh, keep the traditions, keep the rules that we have, where those rules force us to work together in the Senate because we have to get 60 votes. Um, when we look at uh, specific legislation, uh, I, there are many of us who work together on issues. You know, I'm I'm very very fortunate on uh, on the Commerce Committee. I I am now ranking member on the subcommittee with surface transportation, I work really well with Senator Duckworth. Right. And, and we try to find those issues where we can work together. Uh, we see that on Armed Services Committee as well. And Ag Committee is known for a committee that works together. Uh, Senator Cory Booker, he used to be my ranking member on a subcommittee on Commerce Committee when he was on it. We work together really well. You know, he's moving uh, to Ag Committee now. We'll right. uh, we'll see how we'll see how uh, how that all works out because I would always laugh and say, you know, this guy is a vegan and I'm a cattle producer. What is what does that mean? I've already uh, said I'm excited to see him come to uh, to the Ag Committee because then maybe I can get him out to our ranch and he can see what real life is is really like. Well, I, I'm I'm glad to hear you say that because I think. I've had more calls from producers in the last week or two about that that particular uh, addition to the ag committee than maybe anything else uh, that that we've that we've seen. And you know, we've we've talked to Senator Booker in the past, and he's made it clear that he doesn't hold a particular grudge for the cattle industry. Um, and so we we're going to be interested to see how that how that plays out as well. Although you know as well as I do, there's a lot of concern in the countryside uh, on on that particular issue. Um, you know, I'm I'm curious. I, we had a couple confirmation hearings last week, uh, in particular, former secretary and, and presumptive secretary Vilsack to return to USDA. I thought by and large, it was a, uh, it was a, an interesting hearing in that there wasn't a lot of conflict. It was a, a lot of folks that already know each other and know kind of where everybody is on these respective issues. Um, but there was quite a bit of cattle industry conversation during that, during that uh, hearing. I, the secretary responded to questions on issues ranging from the, the persistent cattle market issues that we continue to deal with um, to beef labeling. Uh, and and uh, I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on where you think he's going to go, you know, having that eight year track record as secretary. Um, he's been to a lot of these uh, through a lot of these battles in the past. Um, it sounds like he's a he's a guy who's looking for a way to move forward and, and kind of confront tomorrow's challenges. Was that your read on it as well? Uh, in his hearing, and, and what are you what are you concerned about? 
You know, I was really um, fortunate to have a, a great conversation with the secretary about a week or so before the hearing. And then I brought up some questions uh, to him that I wanted on the record as well during the hearing. Obviously he knows how the department works. He understands the issues. He brings in um, a view for the, for the Biden administration, obviously. He, he said his, his uh, first priority was going to be on climate change and how to address that. Um, we, we talked about labeling. I um, have said to him, I think the USDA has tools available that they can, they can help us really market our, our products right. with the tools they already have. Uh, he recognized with mandatory cool, the, um, really the, the hard job it would be to try and get that done. Um, with the WHO. He understands trade and the impact that would have. But I am pushing him and really, really want to work with him so that we can market our product better, so that we can have a label on there, um, letting consumers know that, that this is beef uh, that was hopefully, that was hopefully born, raised, and processed here in the United States of America, that we can, we can get extra, extra money for the products that, that we are taking care of and making sure it's a healthy, nutritious, safe product uh, that we're, we're going to provide for our, for our families, our neighbors, our states. So I really look forward to working with him on that. And I, and I believe that he does have an interest there. Something else I, I wanna work with him on is cattle marketing and being able to, to have, again, the tools that we need as producers so that we have that information and can use that in a way that helps us market our, our uh, critters easier. And, um, and I've got a bill on that. Um, he and I are, are hopefully gonna be discussing that so we can look at that cash market. I disagree with my colleague, Senator Grassley, who wants to see that as a national market. I want it as a regional market. I think it's it's more beneficial that we try and get something that works for for everybody in this business instead of trying to penalize a state like Texas, where only six percent is a cash market, compared to Nebraska, where over thirty percent is a cash market. Right. You know, let's let's quit fighting within our own small minority here of, of business people. And, and get the information. I'd rather know what's happening in Nebraska and not worry about what's happening in Texas. We market things differently. That needs to be recognized. So that's something else um, I hope to work with um, the secretary on as well. And then, yeah, I'm worried about things like WOTUS with, uh, with EPA. I'm, I'm worried about what trade policies may be coming out of the department. Um, I wanna make sure that stakeholders are going to be involved, that farmers and ranchers are considered uh, when decisions are being made. So um, yeah, it's, in, it's important that we have representation um, that's, that's vocal and that's bringing um, good information, science-based information on some issues that I think um, we've seen emotion take the lead on.
Yeah, that's a really good point. And, you know, you covered a lot of ground there. Obviously, we and NCBA have been deeply involved working with your office for the better part of a year on your cattle markets legislation and in our own working group where we have this voluntary framework that's now at a regional level, you know, producing elevated negotiated trade where we need it. Um, and, and you know, as well as anybody in this conversation, uh, you know, how important it is to have those voices from throughout the industry in the driver's seat to make those decisions and figure out what's going to work for the industry. So we really appreciate all your work on that issue. You've been a, a strong voice there, and, and I know we'll continue to be, and we look forward to working with you on your bill and, and, and trying to find our way through this, this cattle marketing price discovery issue we've, we've been wrestling with. Uh, on the labeling side too, you know, uh, it really was good to hear him say that he's open to some of those new ideas, Secretary Vilsack, um, because you're right, we continue at NCBA to look for those ways to increase product differentiation for our producers in the marketplace, because that's what's going to give them that uh, additional dollar at the sale barn on their cattle that we're really, you know, it goes hand in hand with the cattle marketing issue. We're looking for those ways to return leverage to the producer side of the equation uh, because it has gotten out of balance. And, and, you know, that's why we're really looking forward to you engaging on that conversation as well, as we try to figure out how to make sure that things like product of the USA, the label that's being used uh, in, a, in a generic way now, um, and, and, you know, we hear from our producers all over the country doesn't meet their expectations um, for what's in the package, doesn't meet consumer expectations, and isn't giving them that, that, that return on their investment back down the supply chain. Um, so, you know, that's something we, we look forward to talking to the new secretary and his team about, and, and we're excited to have you uh, involved in that conversation as well, since uh, you, you know better than anybody in, in Congress exactly how that how that equation plays out and what producers need. Um, so thank you for all of your work on that. On the climate side, uh, just quickly, you know, there's, a, I think, a lot of concern about what these climate plans um, are going to mean for cattle producers. And we've spent quite a bit of time trying to educate, you know, news media outlets, international outlets, and trade conversations, um, and members on Capitol Hill about just what a good job the cattle industry already does in, in producing what we produce. We produce the best beef in the world and we do it with one of the lowest environmental footprints in the world. Um, and you know that's because of, uh, of the, the work that our producers do, not in spite of it. Do you think that there's a, a, an avenue for, for the new administration and for Democrats in Congress to hear that argument? Do you think they're open to that? Um, or, or you know, obviously we've seen them take some aggressive action on the oil and gas side already. I mean, do you do you worry that we're next or do you think there's an avenue for us to, to be part of the solution there? I always worry we're next. <laughs> you know, I, we're such a minority. I, I worry all the time. Um, and what I tell Nebraskans, uh, ag producers, when, when they come to Washington or when I'm in the state and they say, what can we do? I said, you have to be better messengers. We have to be better messengers. We, we have to... Um, we have to blow our own horn. We have to be able to say that we are conservationists. We are the stewards. We are the guardians of the land. We live on the land. We take care of it. We take care of our water resources. We care for our livestock. And the best messengers I think we have are the young farm families, the young ranch families. They should be in every commercial you guys do. You should, have, you should have a young ranch family uh, with their kids 
you know, smiling, saying how they, they live here. This is their life. Um, of course, they care for the land. Of course, they care for their water resources. Uh, we have to be those messengers. You know, I, I was the first visit that Sonny Perdue made after he was selected uh, Ag Secretary. He came out to our ranch. And uh, those kind of things are important. I've invited Secretary Vilsack out as well uh, to come out and you bring in your neighbors. You, you have those conversations. That's why it's important for me to get Cory Booker out to Nebraska and be able to um, meet people and, and see our lives because either they have a positive view of us already or they have that negative view of agriculture and they, they believe the, the horror stories that, that some, for whatever reason, kind of stick out there. Yeah. No, we need to be messengers of a good, of a good story. We need to make sure we get young people involved in this so that they can be the messengers, they can be the stakeholders who are going to be dealing with politicians in the next decades. Well, I can't think of a better host than Nebraska Cattlemen to show Cory Booker what the cattle industry is all about. Uh, I look forward to you getting that put together because I think that'll be uh, uh, something to see. Yeah, cattlemen, cattlemen were great. Pete McClymont, as you know, and other other um, NC members who were there, they furnished the meal. It, I mean, it was just great. It was uh, snow came down on May 22nd at our ranch, uh, but we turned on the chemical heaters and we had uh, we had I think about 50, 60, 70 people there and in the barn, and it it was just great. And um, again, that's it helps to have that relationship. Um, with any uh, office holder, you know that to be able to um, have that personal relationship and, and talk about things and 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 not to not to demonize people. You know, I kid Cory Booker. I seem to be talking about Cory a lot here now. I really like Cory Booker, and I kid him all the time about being a vegan. He gave me a vegan chocolate pie that was disgusting. But anyway. <laughs> That's, you know, we're gonna disagree on things. Sure. But I want him to know who we are. And I wanna I want to go to New Jersey so that I get a better idea on who he is too. Because we're a big country, we have different interests, but we need to make the case for our interest and do so in a, in a positive way and not let up, you know, we need to be forceful. Yeah. Well, Senator Deb Fisher, thank you for all you do for cattle producers. Thanks for everything you do in Congress. And, and uh, we look forward to continuing to work with you in the future and, and uh, get all these things accomplished for producers around the country. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you. We should be proud of what we do and, and we need to get that message out there. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks. You've been listening to Beltway Beef, commentary from NCBA's Washington DC office. Don't forget to check us out online at policy.ncba.org and listen to the podcast now on Spotify at Beltway Beef and Twitter at Beltway Beef. We'll see you next time.